1: 18 plus. Welcome to the Fox Sports 1290 AM high school basketball game of the week. And now live from the gym with John Busby and Marty Sheehan, the iHeartRadio pregame show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to
2: Hodgson Votek High School here in Newark, Delaware. Actually, the outskirts of Newark, Delaware. Tonight, the 7-4 St. George's Hawks are visiting the 0-7 Hodgson Silver Eagles who are looking for their first win of the season in this Blue Hen Conference matchup. These two teams have squared off every year as Blue Hen Conference foes, but this is the first year they do so as members of the Flight A Division of the conference, with both schools gaining enough students over the last two years to be bumped up to Division I in all sports. Thanks for tuning in to Fox Sports Talk. 1290 a.m. in the live stream on 302 Sports. I'm John Busby along with Marty Sheehan. Ronnie Vickers is producing the game back in our Newcastle studio. And Nick Halliday and his crew are on site here producing for 302 Sports. After two consecutive snowouts, tonight is the official start of our 11th season broadcasting high school basketball on Fox Sports 1290. Both these programs have impressive basketball traditions, but this year only one of them is living up to those reputations. St. George's is doing what it's done every year since fifth year coach Rod Griffin took over, and that's win. The Hawks have become a postseason regular, appearing in the state tournament the past four years and advancing to the state championship game twice. Hotson is struggling and admittedly rebuilding. They have a new coach in Eddie Chavez who took over for what the Silver Eagles consider a basketball legend here on campus, Ed Sobosinski. Coach Sobo, as he's well known around here, led the Silver Eagles to the state tournament in all ten seasons he coached and the semifinals in four of those seasons. During that decade, one of the most consistent basketball programs in the first state. Marty, it's a new basketball era here at Hodgson, or at least the start of one. And although it's not off to a good start, you get the feeling with the success this school has had in basketball and has in its other sports, particularly football, as Coach Frank Moffitt walks by us and says hello, that it's only a matter of time before things are back on track here on the hardwood floor.
3: Yeah, the history at Hodgson is too good for this program to stay down for any length of time. You know, hopefully we're getting to the point where the snow and ice are going going to start to melt away, and things are really starting to heat up indoors as we hit the midpoint of the high school season for most of the teams in Delaware. As you alluded to, both of our teams tonight entered this season with high hopes, but only one of them is going to be among the 24 teams battling for a state title come March, and that, of course, is St. George's. For the Silver Eagles, it's been an uphill battle from the outset. Their 0-7 mark features three losses of more than 30 points each already, albeit against tough competition. First-year coach, Ed Chavez, as you said, he inherited a very small small, uh, young, inexperienced roster, and this season has been and I think will continue to be one focus more on learning and consistent improvement that they're looking for from their young guys than it is about wins and losses. But this team has exhibited two traits this season that portend well for the future. And those traits are toughness and hustle, which you cannot teach. There's been no quit in these Silver Eagles. We've seen it on tape. They go toe-to-toe with everybody for all four quarters, regardless of score. I expect we're going to see them make St. George's work for everything tonight. For the Hawks, they've been on a mission from the get-go this year. uh, It follows their crushing loss to eventual champ Smyrna in last year's semis. A terribly disappointing game for the high-flying Hawks who were held to their lowest scoring output of the season in that loss. St. G opened this year with five consecutive wins, including... A very impressive road win at my St. Elizabeth. The Hawks then ran up against three very good teams, including William Penn and Caravel, and came limping away with three straight L's. We weren't quite sure what to think about them. They've bounced back really nicely, though, with wins in two of their last three, including Tuesday night's 17-point win over Howard, where uh, Bones Highland exploded for 53 points in that one. If the Hawks are going to make another deep 20 run this season, they're going to need to take care of business against less talented teams, teams they should beat, and win tonight over an inexperienced but scrappy Hodgson team is first up on the agenda. Yeah,
2: you know, and this Hodgson place is always a tough place to play, no matter whether you come here on a Saturday afternoon a Friday night or like we are here on a Thursday night. The crowd is always decent. You can hear the cheerleaders in the background, and it is one of those places where you have to forget you're playing a team that hasn't won a game and make sure you take care of your own business. All right, let's take a closer look at Hodson, as you mentioned, uh, being coached by first-year coach Eddie Chavez, It is his first head coaching experience. He's been an assistant at Appaquinamick the past couple years. Before that, he was an assistant at William Penn. He played at Middletown, played JV at Middletown his junior and senior year. He transferred up here from North Carolina, so a latecomer to the Middletown basketball program. But anyway, he knows the game, and he's coached You know, when you look at who he's coached at under uh, at Appaquinamick and at William Penn High School. He comes in very well prepared, and as Athletic Director Dave Collins said to me before the game, it is a, clearly a rebuilding year. And if everybody stays together, the coaching staff, the JV team we just saw, uh, the the future is bright. It's just a matter of getting there.
3: That's right. Uh, to that point, the starting lineup we expect to see tonight includes only one senior, one junior, and three sophomores, none of whom in all those five were significant contributors on last season's 15-5 and five squad that advanced to the state tourney at Dawson Greenwich, LJ Stansbury. That inexperience this season combined with a lack of size and really an even less experienced bench all but ensured that this was going to be a rebuilding year outside of Hodgson's usual standard which you detailed in the opening. Let's face it, the schedule did them no favors. The Flight A schedule is a killer. There isn't a gimme anywhere to be found on their slate.
2: There are some promising underclassmen, as you mentioned. We're going to see a lot of them tonight. Uh, You know, you watch them on film, and we watch film before the holiday. We watch them film after the holiday, and you can see the improvement already.
3: You're right. There is hope. I mean, sophomore guard Donovan Whetstone, he's not going to start tonight, but he's shown explosive ability at times and quick feet and nose for getting to the rim. A Junior guard Terrell Clements, a kid who has another year remaining, has shown that he can knock down a three with his hand in his face. And sophomores Jarre Davis and William Haynes, they've shown flashes of brilliance as well. The two combined for about 11 points per game, which may not seem like much, but Hodgson's only averaging 39 points a game on the season. They're led by the one senior starter, Corey Doran, who leads the Silver Eagles with eight points a game. There
2: haven't been many wins for the Silver Eagles, but in their recent losses they've definitely shown improvement.
3: They have. They've begun to show marked improvement. In fact, each of their last two games, they've walked away with some true positives to build on. Against DMA, they rebounded from a, an admittedly tough first start to outscore the Seahawks 30-25 in the second half. In their last game, they actually went into the fourth quarter deadlocked at 38 with a decent abiquitiming team before finally succumbing to the Jags late in that one. These may seem like minor accomplishments, but to Coach Chavis and these kids who are coming in and working hard in the gym every day it's a sign of tangible progress and provides some real hope for next season all righty that's a
2: look at the hots and silver eagles let's take a look at the visiting saint george's hawks Uh, just a couple mile trip over the canal for them one of their closest might be the closest away game they have all season maybe other than down into the greater mot area they're coached by rod griffin he's in his fifth year at the helm after retiring as a military professor from temple university and in a very short time Griffin has established the Hawks as one of the most consistently good programs in the first state.
3: What he's done here really is remarkable. I mean, he, he took over a t- team that had been 4-16 and 16 the year before, led them to a state title game appearance in their first season. They went shot for shot with the top gun, Salisiana, to before falling in the title game. Then after a 12-10 season, not what they were looking for in year two, all they did in re- uh, year three is rebound to a 20-5 year, which again ended in the state title game where they had the misfortune of running up against Mikey Dixon, Stan Wooderman, and a San team, which ended up taking the title. Last year was another amazing season. The Hawks took a 16-4 and mark into the state tournament. They fell to eventual champ Smyrna, as I mentioned earlier. With the state's leading scorer, that being Nashawn Highland at 30 points a game, and then the player of year, Kennedy, you'd have to say he's in the running for that. There's no reason to think that Coach Griffin and these Hawks won't make a deep tourney run again this season.
2: Well, they're led by Nashawn Bones Highland, Marty, and this is one of those kids that seems like he's been playing for about 12 years. <laughs> he was a freshman. He started as a freshman back in the Lamar Hammack days. Lamar Hammock transferred out and Kyson Rawls was waiting in the wings and he stepped up. Rawls, of course, the player of the year last year and he's now gone and it
3: is finally Bones turn to step up and boy has he stepped up. It's incredible. It's like an assembly line here. Every year Coach Griffin <laughs> has a new model coming out to, to lead the team. You're right. Highland's been exceptional since taking the floor as a freshman in his first two years. He was a great piece of the puzzle for this team. He worked his magic from time to time while playing a supporting role to, as you mentioned, Hamrick and Rawls. If teams made the mistake of focusing too much on either, which they did a lot, Highland was right there to burn them with a strong drive to the bucket or his one now famous long range threes. His range is pretty much anywhere inside the gym. <laughs> and now that he's the centerpiece of this attack, he finds himself the recipient of double, sometimes triple teaming, something that may become more prevalent given that 53 point explosion against Howard, two Tuesday night, but when he finds himself hemmed in, that's when, to me, he's demonstrated the most improvement and really showcases his abilities. His court vision, his awareness, and his hustle have enabled him not only to lead his team in scoring, but also he's tied for the lead in rebounds, he leads in assists, he leads in steals, oh, and he's also shooting 72% from the free throw line. This kid does it all.
2: He does. An all-state selection last year, certainly on the mark to be another one this year as a junior. St. George's has had a successful season their four losses come to two top 10 teams and two very solid out-of-state teams. Rod Griffin is one of those coaches when he puts together his schedule he intentionally builds in teams that he knows most likely his teams are going to lose to in preparation for the ultimate goal and that's to get to the Bob Carpenter Center and he's done that just about every year he's been here.
3: Yeah you know it's funny he's taken kind of the Stan Wooderman approach to scheduling where you really try to match your team up with some really good in and out of state talent early in the season especially in non-conference matchups. They get battle-tested, they get hardened through that, and yeah, they may take some lumps, as you noted, the four losses by the St. George's team already, but by the time they get into Flight A play, they are ready to go, and the teams, again, that they fell to, Caravelle, uh, William Penn, they fell to a really good Gilman school team before rebounding to take one of the, the final games in the Governor's Challenge at uh, in Wicomico, but they rebounded nicely. They did suffer a, a close loss to, again, a very good Frankfurt team before uh, knocking Howard out With a 17 point win. They look to be firing on all cylinders at this point. This is where things are really going to start to get good if you're a Hawks fan. All right, and we'll know in just a few short minutes how good
2: it's going to get tonight. We're closing in on tip off here at Hudson as the Silver Eagles get set to battle the St. George's Hawks. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Wilmington News Journal Top 10 and our Concord Pet Food and Supplies star player to watch. You're listening to the High School Basketball Game of the Week on Fox Sports 1290 and watching it
3: live on 302 Sports school bus drivers, custodians, nurses, paraeducators, just a few of the education support professionals who help schools in Delaware run smoothly every day. This is Mike Matthews, president of the Delaware State Education Association. Ensure that our students have a safe ride to school, healthy meals, and a clean environment to learn. So take a moment to say thank you to the ESPs in your school. A message from the Delaware State Education
1: Association. Hi, this is Tom Williams from Anchor Buick GMC in Elkton, Maryland. At
2: Anchor, we consistently sell our cars and trucks for less and consistently give you more for your trade. With over 50 years of experience combined with the best selection of Buick and GMC products in the tri-state area, Anchor Buick GMC is where you can get your best buying and ownership experience. So stop by or visit our website at www.anchorbuickgmc.com. Browse our multi-million dollar inventory and see how we do business the Williams way.
1: GMC, we are professional grade. It's hard to miss all the TV lawyer ads. Catchy slogans surround promises of maximum recovery and fighting for your rights. Hi, this is Melissa Rufo of Rufo Associates. We have decades of experience successfully handling injury claims. Our track record with auto accidents, slip and falls, and defective products cases is second to none. We let our results be our slogan. Nobody wants to need a lawyer, but if the need arises, don't take any chances. Get a strong advocate on your side. You need Rufo Associates. Visit RufoLaw.com. That's R-U-F-O-Law.com. R-U-F-O-Law.com. Domino's were more than pizza, so mix it up with our specialty chicken, stuffed cheesy bread, sandwiches, pastas, medium two-topping pizzas, and more for just $5.99 each, and we'll mix stand-up comedy with a robot. Stuffed cheesy
4: bread and my act have a lot in common. They're both super cheesy.
1: Tough crowd. You can also mix it up with Domino's salads, marbled cookie brownie, bread twist, and medium two-topping pizzas. Order any two or more for just $5.99 each. Two-item minimum, bone-in-wings, handmade pan pizza, and bread bowl pasta will be extra. You must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. This is the Delaware High School Basketball Game of the Week. You're listening to the iHeartRadio pregame show on Fox Sports 1290. Welcome back to Hudson, where the Silver
2: Eagles are getting set to tip off against the St. George's Hawks. This is the Fox Sports 1290 pregame show here on iHeartRadio. John Busby, along with Marty Sheehan, Ronnie Vickers, producing back in our Newcastle studio. It's time for our star player to watch, and it's brought to you by Concord Pet Foods and Supplies, a family-owned company that's proud to support high school sports. With 29 locations, there's bound to be a Concord Pet near you, ConcordPetFoods.com. And our player to watch tonight is St. George's junior, Bones Highland, who's on our Fox Sports 1290 schedule poster soon to be coming out and available at all the games we do as marty mentioned he scored 50 plus the other
1: night lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess Haha, in my dentist's office
2: against Howard and is averaging 30 points a game. An exceptional guy and only a junior. As Marty said, there is no such thing as out of range for <laughs> Bones Highland. He is our Concord Pet Food and Supply Star player to watch. Now it's time to take a look at our Wilmington News Journal Top 10 as player introductions are getting ready to be made. We'll go through it kind of quickly. We thank Brad Myers for doing this every week. If you don't read Brad's stuff, make sure you do. He's a great sports writer. He knows more about high school sports than anybody in the state of Delaware. A new first-time number- one team for the first time this season. Marty Cape Henlopen comes in at nine and two after getting a win and a rematch against Smyrna.
3: Yeah, they did a real they've had an incredible season. Uh, I don't think anyone at the beginning of the season looked at Cape Henlopen and said, yeah, there's your number one team come mid January. But that's where we are. Again, as you said, they took down Smyrna uh, a great win over Sanford at Sanford, which never happens. They fell to a really good Harvard Westlake school at the slam dunk to the beach. They have impressive wins over Dover. Uh over a pretty good Delcastle team. This is a team that really looks primed to make a run. Every time it comes up and you look at a game and say, well, this might be the game where they stumble. They haven't. They look really good. William Penn comes in at number two. Smyrna, number three. St.
2: Elizabeth, your school, Marty, number four. And then there's Sanford at number five at four and four. But don't let those four losses fool you.
3: No, Sanford's one of those teams we talked about in the first segment where Stan Wooderman loads up against the out-of-state schools. They played uh, two very good teams. One from Maryland, one from. From South Carolina at the Governor's Challenge over the holiday break. Uh, they did fall to Cape Henlopen, which was a little bit of a surprise at the start of the season, but again, not something, more unusual, not something we've seen unusual. They fell to friends early in the season last year uh, before coming back and going on an incredible run. They just recently posted an impressive win over Sally's and a, and a blowout victory over Tower Hill, so they look to be right back on track as they start the conference season.
2: So Louisiana comes in at number six, stays at number six. They're five and four open with four wins. They've got a big one against St. Mark's tomorrow night. Caravel, who we will see next Tuesday, they come in at number seven, up two from number nine. Their two losses are the tough team, Smyrna and K. Penlopen, and, and also a team from Maryland for their third uh, loss. They have a win against this St. George's team tonight. Sussex Tech, the only new team in the top ten. In fact, the only new team in the last couple weeks. They come in at nine and two. Cesar Rodney at number nine. St. George's at number ten at seven and four. Mount Pleasant out despite a four-overtime win against Delcasse. So it's time for the National Anthem here at Hots. And when we come back, it's the Silver Eagles against the Hawks here on Fox Sports 1290.
5: People's Plaza, the place to eat, shop, and more, is your one stop tax free shopping destination with plenty of free parking. With over 83 retailers, restaurants, specialty shops, and professional services, People's Plaza has everything you need in one location. People's Plaza is minutes from Maryland, Wilmington, and Pennsylvania, located in Glasgow near the intersection of Routes 40 and 896. People's Plaza, eat, shop, and more. They do have it all. Also online at peoplesplaza.com.
3: I Holidays are over. You spend all that money on great gifts for your loved ones, tinsel and luxury cars for your spouse. But now it's January, and you have to eat. So take whatever little money you have left, remove the big bow from your premium sedan, and come to Arby's for new buffalo chicken tenders, beef and cheddars, and more of your favorites. Mix and match two
1: for just six dollars. Arby's. We have the meat. At participating Arby's for a limited time. Got an itch to win? Scratch it every Monday at Capriati Sandwich Shop. Stop in at one of our seven locations every Monday and grab your Capriati Scratch-Off card. You can win a free drink, free chips, free dessert, or even a $20 gift card. Every card is a winner. Available at Capriati's locations in Newark, Hocassin, Kirkwood Highway, Middletown, Smyrna, Bethany Beach, and Kennett Square. Remember, every card's a winner. On Monday, At these Capriati's sandwich shop locations. High school basketball is on Fox Sports 1290. This is the Delaware high school basketball game of the week. Welcome back to
2: Hudson, where the Silver Eagles are set to take on the St. George's Hawks. Your starting lineups are for the Hudson Silver Eagles, John Ray Davis, Terrell Clements, Corey Doran, Jaden Waller, and William Haynes. For St. George's, it's Nashawn bones Highland, Tyrese Owens, Ahmad Taylor, Joe Innarelli, and Mike McCants. We've got one senior, five juniors, and four sophomores in the starting lineup. It's now time for our keys to the game, presented by Arby's. We've got the meets. Marty, your thoughts on the key to the games tonight?
3: You know, the big key to the game tonight for me is going to be the ability of Hodgson to kind of hem in at Nishan Hyland force him to use the four supporting players out there. They've got a good supporting cast, but so far this season, they really haven't had to step up. And the key is going to be, can they force, uh, if you can keep Highland away from the three-point line or keep him as far back as possible, you lower his chances, drop down his shooting percentage, force him to dump off to guys like McCants, uh, Vashawn Wharton, some of the bigger guys down low. Really looking for some of those guys to step up as we get into the meat of the season here. It's
2: going to be Taylor jumping up against Haynes, and it is Taylor that wins it for St. George's. We're on the baseline, so they're coming at us in their all-blue uniforms with the green trim, and a jump shot from the corner by Tyrese Owens goes in and out, and down with the rebound is Taylor for St. George's. Just tipping off here at Hotson. A three-pointer by none other than
3: Bones Highland gives them a 3 nothing lead for Hotson. St. George's They've made a living. They're averaging 12 offensive rebounds a game. They did it there on the first possession. Hyland, top of the key, left unguarded. And there is a pickoff by Hyland and a quick dish off to Owens. And
2: off the front of the rim, no good. Hyland's tipping it around. And Rinarelli comes down with it. He gets it out to Taylor at the top of the key. They get it underneath to McCants, the big guy in the middle. Up and under, no good. But Rinarelli comes out with it. And again, Taylor takes it back out front. St. George's with a 3 0 lead on Highland's three pointer and a little. Jump hook inside from the low block of Highland and it's 5 to nothing.
3: And we see it again Highland had the steal he came down dished it off it was missed by a teammate it's left to Highland to clean it up again has all 5 points to start off.
2: And Doran for Hotson going the other way right to left. Or away from us almost another turnover as Highland got his hand on the ball and went out of bounds. Actually it was Owens, I think, who got his hands on the ball, but it's going to remain Hodson Silver Eagle ball. They trail five to nothing. They're in their all-white uniforms with the maroon trim. And the give is in the middle to Haynes, and he puts it up no good tipped up by Waller. No good and it comes down and coming away with it is Davis. A little
3: floater in the lane is good. Davis with the little teardrop shot there. That was a great uh, example of what I said about the toughness of this Hodgson team. They kept working and working until they got the offensive board
2: and highland has got it. He's being guarded closely by Doran. Goes right around him in a teardrop of his own and it's good. So Highland with all seven of St. George's points. They've got a 7-2 lead. 6-20 to play here in the first quarter. Doran has the ball he takes it up. Highland goes for the strip, misses it, gets it to Davis in the corner for the Silver Eagles. Back up top, and it's overthrown, and it ends up getting picked up by Clements. Clements launches a three from the left side, and it's far too long and out of bounds, waiting for the call. They're going to say it's going to stay. hotson ball.
3: You know, one of the underrated parts of St. George's game is their defense. They got a lot of length out on the floor, guys with long arms. They disrupt the passing lanes of other teams, and already they're making hotson throw the ball away, throw the ball uh, beyond the intended target, really disrupting the flow of this Hodson offense.
2: Wharton's going to check in along with Millwood. So, Coach Rod Griffin wasting no time getting his subs in here with less than two minutes to play. Hodson inbounds from underneath its own basket. Davis has it on the right wing. He gets it out front to Corey Doran, the senior, only senior on the floor for Hodson. And Clements gets it over to Davis. Davis with a left-handed dribble. Puts one up at the foul line. Off to the right side. And put up back by Haynes. No good. And Highland comes away with the ball. He's got it at the top of the key. He dishes it over to the right side. And that's Millwood, who just checked in and dribbles out of bounds. It's going to be Hodson Ball.
3: Amazingly, Millwood, the only senior on the St. George's team. You talk about uh, hope for the future. This uh, St. George's team is just going to reload, not rebuild next season.
2: And that's what they've done all five yes. years <laughs> under Coach Rod Griffin. Hodson Ball trailing 7 2, 5.25 to play left here in the first quarter. Doran has it up top. He gets it over to Clements, who's on the left wing. He whips it across to Davis on the right wing. Davis gets guarded by Highland. He gets it up to the top of the key. They work it around, and it's in the hands of Clements. And a jumper by Haynes from the foul line comes off the back of the rim. Out of bounds going to be
3: St. George's ball. You know, Hodgson's getting their opportunity. St. George's is in kind of, it looks like a 1-3-1 zone a little bit. Hodgson's been able to penetrate inside. They just haven't been able to finish uh, some disruption from the taller St. George's players. highland has got it. He gets it inside to McCants.
2: McCants goes up and is fouled. Ball comes off the front side of the rim, but he'll go to the line
3: and shoot two. That's just brilliant positioning by McCants. By the time they got him the ball, he had already backed his defender down to about six feet away from the basket. He simply turned around, laid it up. I'm sure he'd love to have that layup back, but he leads the team, McCants does, with a 74% free throw shooting percentage.
2: 20 of 27 from the line. The first shot is up, and the Marty Sheehan <laughs> announced the there you go, off the front of the rim, so he'll try to make the second one here. St. George's with a 7-2 lead, 4.56 to play here at Hotson-Votech High School. A great crowd. A decent crowd, I should say. It's not great. Great would be sold out. But everywhere you look, there are uh, fans in the stands as McCants misses his second. So it's going to remain 7-2 as Corey Doran, in the senior brings it up for Hotson. He gets it over to the left side to Davis. And a nice job there in the corner keeping it inbounds. But Highland picks the ball off. And it's one on none. And he lays it in for the score. And he now has all nine of St. George's points as the Hawks have a 9-2 to lead almost halfway through this first quarter.
3: Doran has it for Hudson. He drives to, through the lane, scoops it up and under, and good. Really nice job by Doran. He got around Highland and then kind of went up and under McCants and laid it in. Very nice. And there's Highland with a three. Buries it from the left side. They are just not going out beyond the three-point line. I'm guessing they're afraid to get beat on the inside, but Highland is setting up right outside of three-point land and knocking them down. When, when you have the 6-6 McCants in the lane Lane, and he's a
2: good free-throw shooter that <laughs> makes it even tougher. And Eddie Chavis, the coach for Appaquinamick, is going to take a timeout. We will keep it right here. Incognito Productions is the premier sports filming company in Delaware, shooting, editing, and creating sports films for teams and individuals. Incognito has you covered with recruitment and game films, plus team documentary-style highlights, films, and posters. See for yourself the top quality of Incognito Productions by heading to NKN Films com today. So, Marty, really no surprise. 12-4 lead. Really no surprise if you said that the one kid's going to have all the points.
3: Bone Island is the one you would consider would be the case. That's exactly it. I mean, right now, Hodgson is not committed to going out there and getting a hand in his face in every possession. They're going to have to make that change. Now, again, as you said, you, you kind of uh, darned if you do, darned if you don't. You get beat on the inside. You get beat on the outside. And by the way, this Hodgson crowd is known as, they call it the Zoo Crew, and I'm really <laughs> impressed. A battle of a top-10 team in an 0-17 They've really turned out for this. Yeah, they have. You
2: can see, you can kind of tell most of the fans in the stands are Hudson fans. I'm sure there are some St. George's fans here as well, but plenty of Hudson fans on hand as their Silver Eagles have the ball, trailing 12-4, to John Busby along with Marty Sheehan, and that is
3: Doran taking a jumper from the left wing, a two-pointer, but it's good. Doran looks really good. We've seen him on tape knock down a few uh, that time. He's being kind of left unguarded at the top of the uh, outside of the three-point circle, he's really made St. George's best. Hey. Highland gets a pick from McCants. Can't take
2: advantage of it. Then drives right by Doran. Scoops it up with his right hand. No good. Tipped around inside. A battle on the ground there. Scrum is going to be a jump ball. And it'll be Hotson ball. So
3: a nice hustle there by both McCants and Doran, who were on the ground tying it up. As I said, Hodson's going to make these guys earn everything they get. They're doing it so far tonight. You know, Highland, that time, there had to be seven bodies he needed to get through to get to the hoop. Uh, he did it with a uh, seeming ease. It couldn't hit the layup, but he got through. Doran's
2: got it. He gets across the timeline, gets trapped, manages to get it off to the side. Over on the left side is Clements. He's got the ball. He gets it back to Taylor.
3: Driving in the lane is Clements. Scoops it up and good. Clements, a really nice drive again. Now, that time, St. George's again. It kind of looks like a hybrid 1-3-1-2-3 defense, but Hodgson is finding some seams and then making their way through, making St. George's pay. And now Taylor has it, and he
2: tries to get it into McCants, who's guarded closely by Waller, and they're going to call a foul on
3: Jaden Waller, his first and the team's first. Jaden Waller's got to do a better job of pushing McCants out again. That time McCants setting up right right outside the block, inside the lane. Too easy for him to just turn around and lay that up
2: and in. Josh Thomas checks in for Jaden Waller, and taking it in underneath will be Bones Highland. And a nice job there. Actually, it could have been close to a technical foul. But it looked like he reached over there. <laughs> that was Doran who reached across, but instead they're going to give it right back to St. George's. They get it into McCants right in front of us on the right wing. He's looking for the cutter. He's got him. That's Millwood. Millwood kicks it back out There's
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to
5: the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Kylan from the left corner. Three. No good. And run down by Josh Thomas for Hudson. 12 to 8. St. George's with a four-point lead. 234 to play. And a drive down the middle by Davis, and he kicks it back out, and then thrown away by Clements. Hyland has it, and he goes in strong. And they're going to call a holding foul right in front. They're going to call it on the floor. And the foul is going to be on Corey Doran. That will be his first and Hodson's
3: second with 2:23 to play. All things considered, not a bad job by Doran there. You don't want to give Hyland a free uh, run to the hoop, which he was going to have. You want to foul him on the floor and not let him get the shot up. And actually, it's the third team foul against Hodson. That foul against McCants
2: was the first one. St. George's inbounds. highland has got it. He's being guarded closely by Doran and waving the defense away, hoping that he'd be able to go one-on-one. And they're going to call an offensive foul against Highland. So that might be the only way they're able to stop Bones Highland Yeah,
3: every now and then he makes a habit of uh, putting that left arm out a little bit too far, and when he extends it, the referee is more likely than not to make that call. I thought he did it one other time when they could have and they didn't
2: <laughs> just because of the angle. As a three-point shot is launched by Davis, it goes off the back of the rim, comes down in the hands of McCants for St. George's, and Highland's got it. And a traveling call is going to be on Millwood as he. He tried to step
3: and decided not to and dragged that back foot. You know, this the game so far sort of encapsulates why St. George is going to struggle when they get up against some of the better teams. It's because if Highland's not making things happen, sometimes, uh, you know, you and I talked about this off the air, sometimes it's almost like there are four guys standing around waiting for Highland to do something. He does all he can to get the, his teammates involved. They've got to do a better job of finishing. Joe Rennerelli checks in
2: for St. George's, and we've got a number 33 who's not on any roster <laughs> that we have who has checked in for Hotson and he actually shoots from the right wing off the front tip of the rim. No good and out of bounds, and they haven't made a call yet. They'd have. It is going to be off of Hotson It'll be St. George's ball. Checking in for St. George's is Ahmad Taylor and he's going to check in for McCant. So St. George's with a ball and a 12-8 to lead. 142 to play here in the
3: first quarter. Kind of surprising that Hodgson is keeping it as close as they are, but again, it goes to the fact that they're a really good hustling team. Toughness. Rinnerelli with a floater in a lane is good. is one of those kids who can heat up. He kind of plays uh, when he gets the opportunity, that Highland role that he played a couple years ago to Hamrick and Rawls. And a little bit of pressure by
2: St. George's. That's Jeremy Kenner, and he he ends up stripping the ball away. Renarelli's got it in the middle. He gets it ahead to Highland. Bones has his man one-on-one. Goes right by him. And they're going to call a foul on the floor. And I believe that foul is going to be... Oh, they're going to call another offensive foul. I was shielded there. And so that's the second offensive foul by Highland. And so with just a six-point lead here, if you're Rod Griffin, you got to think about taking him out at this point. I agree. we are still over a minute to go. And it looks like that's exactly yep. what they're going to do. Checking in is Tyrese Owens. And he's going to give Highland a break. And you know, those were not questionable offensive fouls. They were not. In and fact, and we, go ahead. I'm sorry. And if you,
3: I'm sorry. If you watch tape, you're going to see that from Hyland. He has really long arms. He's skinny. When he extends it, it's very obvious, and he does it a lot. It's a point of emphasis, it looks like, tonight. And so Doran is trapped at midcourt, and coming away with it is Taylor
2: for St. George's. So they've struggled against the trap. It's actually only the second turnover they have against it, but something that's clearly bothering them. Owens has it at the top of the key. Looks like he's going to be the one directing traffic. And he gets it over to Rinarelli on the left wing. They get it underneath to Wharton, who hits a driving Owens left-handed layup. Comes out and coming down with it is St. I'm sorry, Hodson, and a trap there. And they're going to call a foul against St. George's. And so it was Corey Doran who had the ball, and he was fouled. And they're going to call that foul against Tyrese Owens, and it
3: will be Owens's first foul the team's third unfortunate for owens because they had doran locked in he wasn't going anywhere and a throw away by hodson
2: and you can see the frustration (laughs) on eddie chavis as he spikes the ball and that was clements who just overthrow his man and checking in for hodson is going to be davis and coming out is that mystery player number 33 Uh, who had the ball and didn't seem to be in the right position. So St. George's ball, 35 seconds left to play here in the first quarter, 14-8 lead for the Hawks. As Wharton has it at the foul line, he hands it off to Taylor. Taylor getting swarmed underneath there, and they get it over to Owens. Rinarelli has it on the right wing, right back to Owens. 20 seconds left to play. Looks like Rod Griffin's just letting his
3: team go. Rinarelli fires from right in front of us, a three is good. Rinarelli has done that on tape. He's done it all season for the St. George's team. You can't leave him alone on a three, which they did down in the corner. And so with five seconds to play,
2: Hodson having trouble against that press again, and they turn it over. So St. George's is going to have one last shot here. A 17-8 lead, 2.6 seconds to play, and it's there you can see the youth of this Hodson team, Marty, against that press. Absolutely. They're just panicking when they just need to take their time. Rinnerelli gets one off before the, the buzzer and almost goes in, but just off the front of the rim there. So that's going to bring us to the end of the first quarter here with St. George's holding a 17-8 lead over the Hots and Silver Eagles. You're listening to the Game of the Week on Fox Sports 1290 and watching it live on 302 Sports.
3: American Spirit Federal Credit Union brings you... Kasasa.
1: What's Kasasa? It's an easy way to earn cash. No talent necessary. It's like a participation trophy that's actually worth something you do everyday things we reward you in cash each month that's free casasa check-in
3: ask for casasa by name at american spirit federal credit union
1: she didn't just visit the sick and poor she moved in with them because they needed help mother Teresa couldn't do it all but she gave compassion pass it on from the foundation for a better life at values.com
5: The future is bleak for a child living in poverty. No school, no dreams, no hope. But you can change all that when you become a Compassion child sponsor. Just a little more than a dollar a day brings hope. Find out how at Compassion.com forward slash radio.
1: Delaware High School basketball is on iHeartRadio Fox Sports 1290. John Busby along with Marty Sheehan. St. George's
2: has a 17-8 lead after the first quarter here at Hudson Votech If you love sports and are looking for a way to give back to the community, why not give Special Olympics a try? The organization is always looking for experienced players and coaches to co- help coach their teams. For more information, visit S-O-D-E org. All right, we found the mystery man. Number 33 is Quadair Barbour. So Quadair Barbour is in for for Hotson, and we are set to go here in the second quarter. It's going to be St. George's ball.
3: You know, if you told Coach Chavis at the end of the first quarter uh, they'd be within nine, you'd have to say they were in good shape, but an alley-oop to start things for St. George's. And that was an alley-oop dunk to Va'Shawn Wharton. His first two points of the game
2: extends the lead to 19-8, and that excites the crowd, even the home crowd for Hotson Votek. <laughs> And so 19-8, 736 to play, just underway here in the second quarter. Hotson having a catch with the ball. Doran is in the game along with Clements, Waller, and a jump shot there by Doran. No good from the right side and coming down with it is St. George's. Rinarelli has it. He drives all the way to the baskets. They're going to, he made the shot but they're going to say it was a foul
3: before the shot left his hands. I think that was a good call. It was a good call and this is a nice little coming out party for Rinarelli tonight. He's actually uh, picking up the slack when Highland was out at the end of the first quarter. He hit a nice three. Uh, this time he comes in and uh, takes advantage and picks up the foul coming down the lane. I was shielded but I I think it was Davis. And there's
2: the inbound pass. A nice play in the curl round by Rinarelli. Gets it, lays it in, and good. Great off ball movement by Rinarelli to work his way around the lane. And it is 21 to 8. The largest lead for Hodson, 7.05 to play. I'm sorry, for St. George's, with 7.05 to play. And Hotson, another turnover. And that time it was Davis trying to hit his man and throw it out of bounds. And so we are starting to see the youth and inexperience of this and team despite being halfway through the season. You no, know, not
3: only that. But- you see Rod Griffin. I'm guessing he didn't like the way they played in that first quarter. They've come out with a lot more defensive intensity. Yeah, they started
2: out really strong and then gave up a couple easy shots and also turned the ball over a couple times. As Highland runs in and he tries a scoop shot, that's blocked away nicely by Clements. McCants gets a rebound and he gets fouled underneath, and they're going to say it was on the floor, so it'll be the fifth foul, and that foul is going to be on number ten Terrell Clements. And checking in is Shahaki. From for Hudson, and he's going to give
3: Clements a break. McCants and, uh, uh, excuse me, McCants and Thomas are being warned as they're jawing and elbowing each other for position. McCants does such a nice job setting up inside. He's got a big body, and he uses it. Yeah, it looks like he's got about 20
2: pounds on (laughs) his opponent there. Nice job by Rinnarelli. They tried to run that curl play underneath from under the basket. Didn't work that time. Rinnarelli ran it down. And a left-handed layup,
3: and they're going to call another offensive foul. Is, Is this on Highland? No, well, they're calling that say. on McCants with a clear <laughs> out on Thomas. But, yeah, that time uh, Highland again extended that left arm. I was actually, you and I both were kind of wondering if they were going to get that. But McCants did at the last second. He was trying to get position inside the lane. When he saw that Highland was driving, he moved to push Josh Thomas out of the way and just uh, was a little too physical. And so that's the fourth
2: foul on St. George's. Hotson has five. So both teams getting close to the one-on-one but not there yet. 633 to play, 21-8 St. George's Hotson. Has the ball. It's Corey Doran. He gets it across the timeline without as much problem as they've had. They get it over to
3: Shahaki. Shahaki with a jump shot from the foul line rattles around and it's good. Shahaki, a nice job right on time from the top of the foul line. As you said, St. George's has really ratcheted up the defensive pressure. Uh, Hodgson having a tough time finding open looks.
2: And there's an open look, no good by Highland off the front of the rim. And coming down with it is Doran. And he's going to go right in and lay it in the front of the rim.
3: Interesting. Yeah, Highland took a, uh, you have to wonder if the two fouls played in there. He sort of moved out of Dorn's way. Dorn said, uh, I'll take that. And ran right down, uh, knocked in the layup. And Rinnerelli tries to knock it down on the other side. No good.
2: Rebound up, and it comes off the front of the rim. And coming down with it is Shahaki. He's pushed from behind, but manages to keep his balance. And Hudson's going to come away with it. Trailing just 21-12 to now. they fought back here in the second quarter, and they're going to call traveling that time. A little bit out of control by Corey
3: Dorn. And as you said, one of the, the keys to this game, so far has been the youth of Hodgson and their panic as St. George's has uh, picked up the defensive pressure they have a tendency to throw the ball away a little quicker than they might pick up the dribble a little quicker than they might and these Hodgson kids or excuse me the St. George's kids as, as young as they are have enough experience they take
2: advantage of it. Speaking of young Makai Raymond a five-eight freshman has checked in for Tyrese Owens didn't see a lot Tyrese Owens excuse me didn't see a lot of Raymond on film with no. Rod Griffin do it like he does well and much you compared it to Stan Waterman. He gets young guys in games early That's so that it. they can begin to develop. McCants gets it on the left elbow and then firing from three is Bones Highland. Another three pointer, his third of the day. 24 12 with a lead for St. George's over Hodson. 5.06 to play here in the second quarter. Example of a nice screen being set by St. George's for Highland. Haynes has it. He gives it off to Thomas. Thomas misses the left handed layout and it's a quick out from Wharton. To Highland, Highland can't drain the three, and it uh, squam underneath, and it goes off. Two Hotson guys fighting over the same ball goes out of bounds, so it's going to be St. George's ball as Donovan Whetstone will make his first appearance of the game. He checks in for Corey Doran of Hotson, and Highland hits the freshman driving to the lane, and he is fouled. They're going to say it's underneath, so the freshman won't get to take his first free throws of the game, and that foul was on Jan Ray. Davis. I have him for one. It is the 16th foul, so St. George's will be in the one-on-one. Nice job by the freshman setting up Highland with a right-wing jumper. No good. And then with a big rebound and putback, it's McCants with his
3: first two points of the game. Unfortunately, Josh Thomas body-wise is no match for McCants. McCants is just muscling him out at every turn, getting great position on the offensive and defensive boards.
2: Shahaki drives down the lane, floats one up. He gets partially blocked by McCants, but they're going to call a foul before that, and that foul is going to be on McCants. Number four, Makai Raymond, that will be his first and the team's fifth. So the ball, uh, they're going to say Shahaki
3: was in the act of shooting, so he is going to head to the free-throw line to shoot too. Yeah, and this Hudson team, uh, one of the areas, again, a youthful team, they're not very good from the free-throw line is Shahaki. Of course, the reverse jinx works as he nails it. They're only <laughs> shooting 45% as a team from the line this season. Of course, that contributes heavily to an 0-7 record, and when you're playing good teams, you've got to knock down your free throws. So nice for Shahaki. Terrell Clements checks back in for
2: John Ray Davis. Shahaki misses the second rebound by Hodgson. Gets kicked back
3: out to Shahaki and he nails the 12 footer from the right side. We talked about Hodgson is a tough team. They're going to make you fight inside. And if St. George's falls asleep, Hodgson had some players inside.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh-huh, in my dentist's office.
2: Take advantage. Whetstone has now drawn the assignment on Highland. He drives in and dishes it off to McCants. A beautiful pass, and the conversion as McCants scores again, his fourth point. 28-15, 4:05 to play here in the second quarter. St. George, is the number 10 team in the state, with the lead. A turnover on the other side, ahead to
3: Highland, and he throws it down. Highland, that time earlier, I think he wanted to do it. One of the times when he stuck at the arm that you and I saw. That time, he was finally able to throw down the dunk. You know, he's been waiting for that.
2: 17 points for. Highland. He averages 30.5 a game. Had 50 the other night against Howard. And a jumper on the left side by Clements is no good. Tipped around and coming down with it is Hotson. It gets tipped around and it is Shahaki who ends up
3: putting it back in for the score. Great job on the weak side there from Shahaki. The weak side rebound. No St. George's players in sight. Renarelli fires one from the left side. Three-pointer. No
2: good. And nice box out there by Terrell Clements. It's going to be Hotson Ball checking in for Hodson. Hotson is Jordan Miller, and he's going to replace Whetstone. And I think it was also Corey Doran who checked back in for Hotson. They get the ball across half court, and that is Jordan Miller getting his first appearance. Saw a lot of him on tape. He played a lot of minutes. I was impressed with how he took care of the ball. And a floater inside off the backboard
3: in-in is good by Corey Dorn. Corey Dorn leading score on this team with eight points a game. He really does a nice job providing some leadership for a very inexperienced lineup. And
2: he's got eight exactly with that basket as the lead is now 11. Highland drives down
3: the middle, floats it up, and in another basket. That's 19 for Bones Highland. You know, I just have no idea how you defend that. I, Hodgson had perfect position, Hyland up and over. And on the other side, streaking in The middle is Doran, and
2: he gets it knocked away. And picking up the ball was William Haynes, and they're going to call him for traveling. going to be St. George's ball. Checking in for St. George's is number 21, and he's going to come in for Makai Raymond. You
3: know, that's the inexperience. Doran drove the lane. He found an open teammate. The teammate thought he was going to go up for the uh, layup. He didn't. He mishandled the pass. It's a turnover. And so St. George's has the ball,
2: and driving is McCants in the low block and spins around and scores. So McCants has his sixth point of the quarter. All six of his points have come in this second frame. 34-19 as we approach the two-minute mark of the first half. Doran on the other end trying to take things into his own hands, and he gets fouled going to the basket. I think they're going to say he was in the act of shooting, but now the referees are getting together to discuss it. We'll see what the call is and whether or not Doran will get to go to the foul line. And the call is on McCants. That's going to be his second foul. Both teams are in the one-on-one situation, but I think they're called this a two-shot foul. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
3: Dorn has done a really nice job getting to the basket, finding some seams in that St. George's defense, forcing them to foul. And he's not – he looks like a perfect foul shot there. Checking in is going to be
2: Kevin Payton for St. George's. He's going to come in for Rinarelli, and Josh Thomas checks in, and he's going to give Nick Shahaki, the senior, a rest. 2.09 to play, and the lead is 14 now. Now for St. George's 34-20 to 20 as Doran gets ready to take his second foul shot. Clang's off the back of the rim and no good. And quickly ahead to Highland, He's trying to go one on three. He gets stripped from behind by Doran. And Doran's looking for help and drives down the middle and they're going to call traveling. So again, you can see the inexperience there by uh, by Doran.
3: That's it. Doran was setting up for a pass inside, but his teammates stopped thinking he was going to take the ball to the rack by himself. He ends up getting into no man's land forced into a travel and a turnover. And sometimes the inexperience isn't the person that makes the turnover.
2: No, no. It's the other players. This is a young team, as we mentioned. They graduated a lot of seniors last year. As Highland takes a jumper from the left side, and as you can imagine, it's good.
3: <laughs> Highland setting up there about 10 to 12 feet away from the basket. Got great position on Dorn. He's going to knock that down more often than not.
2: He's knocked it down for 21 points tonight so far. As Haynes has it, it gets blocked away by Taylor and out of bounds. And they're going to say it's St. George's ball. Check in for St. George's is going to be Jeremy Kenner. Shahaki
3: checks back in for Hudson as Miller will take a seat it's going to be interesting to see who they put on. It looks like they're going to put Josh Thomas, uh, or excuse me, somebody else. Now they're going to put Haynes on McCants. They've tried Shahaki, they've tried Josh Thomas, and so forth. No answer for the big man down low. 36-20, to 20. Highlands got the ball, and his team has
2: a big lead and launches a three-pointer off the front of the rim. No good. Hotson comes down with a rebound with a minute 10 to play here in the first half, trailing 36-20, to 20. and a hop, skip, and a jump, a foul line shot up, and no good. That was by Clements, and Hyland, cherry-picking more or less, lays it in.
3: <laughs> yeah, Hyland's done that a few times we've seen on tape where he'll uh, kind of lay back a little bit, play possum, and when the uh, defensive rebound comes in the hand of a St. George's player, they get the outlet out to a often wide-open Highland who finishes it off. And Hodson has taken a 30-second timeout,
2: their second coming up at the half. It's the Fox Sports 1290 Halftime Report presented by IBEW Local 313. Beat the winter doldrums and join the Food Bank of Delaware this Saturday. Saturday for their first-ever indoor cornhole tournament. Bags start flying at 11 o'clock at the Food Bank's Future Home in Newark. Space is limited, so register today to Either either Recreation Division or Competitive. Your choice. Cost is $50 per team, and craft prizes will be awarded to register. register visit FBD.org slash cornhole. 54 seconds left to play. John Busby along with Marty Sheehan. St. George's, the number 10 team in the state, has a 38 20 lead over. Uh- a Hudson team that has yet to win a game. And, you know, Marty, we've seen some good things in the improvement of Hudson, and we've seen some areas where they struggle, and it's clear why they haven't won a game yet.
3: We have. That, the, the improvement is, is marked, though. This is definitely
2: a different team. And they drive down the middle. They dish it off and get fouled, and that is going to send... Barbour to the line for Hotson. Actually, it's not Barbour. That is William Haynes, The number change here. We had a number, couple late number changes from the lineups we were given yesterday and trying to get that straightened out. And so it's going to be Haynes who's going to go to the line and shoot two for Hotson. First shot is up and off the back of the rim.
3: Again, this is one of those areas where a young team you've got to knock down your free throws. If they're going to have any hope of winning a game this season, they're going to have to improve in that area. They really are improving. there. much more semblance of an offensive and defensive game plan being executed by these kids. Second shot is missed also, but Thomas comes down with it. He gets it back out to the top of the
2: key to Clements. Clements is double teamed. He gets it to hands at the foul line, kicks it back out to Whetstone. He fires from three, and it is long, and coming down with it is McCants for St. George's. 30 seconds left to play. They're pressured a little bit there. They get it across the timeline. Highland is on the bench probably because of his two fouls. And so with 20 seconds left to play, they will have to try to score without their leading scorer. Payton gets it inside to the low block to McCants. McCants is double teamed underneath. He's trying to work it around. Gets it back out to Payton. Payton skips it across to Jeremy Kenner on the left wing. He gets around his man but double dribbles to do so. And so it's going to be a turnover. St. George's Hotsons going to have it. one last shot here. 6.7 seconds to play in the first half, and they trail 38-20 to to this St. George's team, ranked number 10 in the News Journal Top 10. They get it into Clements. Clements tries to break a trap by dribbling through it, can't, turns it over, and it's Payton who has it. He puts up a shot, and off the front of the rim, and he gets his own rebound. Actually, that's Kenner with the rebound and puts it in and good before the buzzer. So, at the half, St. George's with a 40 to 20 lead, double the score up here of the Hotson Silver Eagles. Marty, your quick thoughts on the first half.
3: You know, pretty much what we expected to see. We expected to see a very disciplined St. George's team come in here, do what they needed to do. They've done that. Highland's done a nice job. He picked up some early fouls. The other guys, especially Rinarelli and McCants have filled in nicely for Hodson. We've seen some flashes. They're definitely improved, but they're still making way too many mistakes, not knocking down their free throws. So St. George's heads into the locker room with their biggest lead of the game, A
2: 40-20 margin over Hudson-Votech. When we come back, we're going to send it back to Ronnie Vickers in the studio for our Fox Sports 1290 halftime report presented by IBEW Local 313. Once again, your halftime score, St. George's 40, Hudson 20. This is the high school basketball game of the week on Fox Sports 1290 and 302 Sports. Do you belong to a
3: local sports organization like Babe Ruth or Ripken Baseball? Or how about the University of Delaware alumni? With Nationwide's Affinity Program from Charles Wallace, you get a discount off your auto insurance. That's in addition to any other discounts you receive. It
1: pays to belong. The Affinity Discount, another way to save on insurance, from your local agent, Charles Wallace. For info, call 302-998-1412 or go to charleswallaceinsurance.net.
0: Could you be mine? Could you be mine? will you be my neighbor? My neighbor?
1: Mr. Rogers passed along friendship, hoping we would too. Friendship, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far
3: your support can go at unbound.org school bus drivers custodians nurses paraeducators just a few of the education support professionals who help schools in delaware run smoothly every day this is mike matthews president of the delaware state education association ensure that our students have a safe ride to school healthy meals and a clean environment to learn so take a moment to say thank you to the esps in your school a message from the delaware state
1: education association
4: Moving, keep moving
5: with Easy Pass. Hey, UD fans, tired of waiting in toll cash lines? Well, Easy Pass is the answer. Easy Pass is an electronic toll collection method, making traveling more convenient and quicker as you go through participating toll facilities in the Northeast. Easy Pass helps reduce traffic congestion for everyone. You can get Easy Pass by simply going to EasyPassDE.com or by calling 1 888 EasyPassDE to open an account.
1: Welcome to the High School Basketball Game of the Week Halftime Report, presented by IBEW Local 313 and its local contractors on iHeartRadio and Fox Sports 1290.
4: What's up, everyone? I'm Ronnie Vickers. Welcome to Halftime, and here's a quick look at what is happening right now. We are broadcasting the St. The George's Tech Hawks as they are being hosted by the Hudsonville Tech Silver Eagles. This game tipped off around 5-15, as again, we are now in halftime, and right now St. George's Tech leads 40-20. to Now looking at some other games happening today and tomorrow. 4:45 45 tipped off Howard High School of Tech and McKean High School. Uh, conference game tipped off at five o'clock between Glasgow and Christiana High School. Five fifteen tipped off um, Delaware Military Academy and Delaware Academy of Public Safety and Security. Another 515 game tipped off Ferris School and Sanford School. Rescheduled from January 6th. We have a game between Tatnall School and Newark Charter School that tipped off at 515. Wilmi- uh, Wilmington Friends School from a 515 tip off against Wilmington Christian School. tip-off between Brandywine High School and Charter School, Caravelle Academy, no game but a 5.30 practice session, Castle High School and William Penn High School with a 5.30 tip-off, Red Lion Christian Academy and First State Military Academy with a 5.30 tip-off as well, 45 minutes into 5 o'clock, tip-off between Laurel High School and Indian River, 6 o'clock tip-off between... uh, at Pequimic and Concord, that game just happened. Uh, another 6 o'clock tip-off just happened as Middletown hosts Newark. 15 minutes into 6 o'clock coming up, Milford and Seaford. And in the last game tonight at 7.15, we'll start Smyrna High School taking on Dover High School. All right, looking at tomorrow, uh, Friday, January 19th. 5 o'clock, will tip off Christiana High School and Tower Hill School. 15 minutes into 5 o'clock tips off Wilmington Friends School and Sanford School. will tip off Brandywine High School and uh, Dickinson High School. Another 5.30 tip-off between St. Andrews School and M.O.T. Charter High School. 5.45 tip-off between Delmar and uh, Woodbridge High School. 6 o'clock will tip off A.I. DuPont and Mount Pleasant High School. 6.15 begins Cape Hem Open and Sussex Central High School. Another 6.15 tip-off between Sussex Academy and Lake Forest High School. 6.30 6:30 tips off Maryland's Gun- uh, Gunston Day School and Delmarva Christian High School. 7:15 tomorrow night tips off Polytech and Caesarati High School. Caravelle Academy and Conrad School tip off at 7:30. And, uh, and for the last high school update, another 7:30 tip off as Salazianum will be hosting St. Mark's High School. And that'll do it for uh, that'll do it for your halftime report from back in the Wilmington studio. When we return, it'll. It'll be back to the game on Fox Sports 1290 and Fox Sports 1290am.com.
1: This has been the High School Basketball Game of the Week Halftime Report, presented by IBEW Local 313 and its local contractors. We'll be right back with the start of the second half on Fox Sports 1290, Fox Sports 1290am.com, and our free iHeartRadio app.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?